X-Ray. Welcome to Oh My Dollar, a personal finance show with a dash of glitter. Dealing with money can be scary and stressful. Here we give practical, friendly advice about money that helps you tackle the financial overwhelm. I'm your host, Lillian Carebake. Let's talk about money. And I'm Will, the other host. Uh, today we have some listener questions. So we've had we've had a lot of guests recently, and we kind of have a backlog mm-hmm. of uh, listener questions writing in, um, and they all kind of ended up coming around budgeting. So we have a bunch of different questions about budgeting, probably because we talk about budgets a little yeah, bit. Yeah, back show. back to our basics, <laughs> our bread and butter budgets. Always. Um, so yeah, I thought we'd just dive into some listener questions. Tamis asks, "What are some non-obvious ways to reduce my spending?" I went over my budget a hundred times. I know I spend too much, but I can't seem to reduce it or want to reduce it in the wrong places. That's a great question. Um, So, you know, I've said on before in the show that I think most people kind of, if they feel like they're spending too much money, they kind of secretly already know. Mm -hmm. Um, But there are cases sometimes where you just, you really go over with a fine tooth comb and you just don't see where you can reduce the budget. Um, There's two possibilities in this situation. One is that you're pretty out of step with what is a need versus what is a want. Yep, that's um, true. And you, you know, you kind of have trouble picking out what is non-essential versus essential. Um, and that's some people are just like that. A lot of that, a lot of that kind of comes down to personality and the way you were socialized around money. And you shouldn't feel shame over that if that's true. Um, the other case that could very well be is that you have an income problem. Right. So if you are fine tooth combing your budget and, you know, the numbers still just aren't lining up at the end of the month, um, it could be that you don't have enough income to support what are the essential expenses in your life. Right. So finding more income would help resolve that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we I'm going to address kind of the first scenario. Um, I think I think figuring out how to increase your income can be a really, really essential part of a personal finance plan especially if what a lot of people in the personal finance field call the big three are high. So if your your big three are housing, mm-hmm. food, mm-hmm. and transportation. Okay, so kind of all of your, your essentials to be a, a, yeah. a living, working human. Right. Um, and, you know, another one that is um, might seem both obvious and unobvious is debt repayment. So mm. if you have very high student loans and, you know, you know I have some lawyer friends that are make great money, but they're putting out $1,200 a month in student loan repayments. Uh-huh. Um, uh, you know, if you've got really high debt repayment, it may be that you just don't have a lot of wiggle room in your budget because you've got a lot of debt that you've got to attack. Um, but another case when it might be, you might be on the income side is if your housing is just really high, right? So, you know, we live in Portland. Portland was once known for having cheap rent and rainy winters, and one of those is gone. <laughs> right, right. I can imagine that increasing costs would, uh, increasing housing costs would gradually cut into your budget pretty so, sharply. Yeah, if you make the median income and you live in a big city, you might really feel like you don't have a lot of wiggle room because either your housing or your transportation or both is really high, right? So if you're paying for a metro pass at two hundred dollars a month, and you live in New York City, and you're also paying fifteen hundred a month to rent a room and apartment, you might quickly find that a lot of your budget is gone and you don't have a lot of wiggle room. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that might be a case in which it's an income side of the equation. But let's tackle it if you realize I'm making good money. I yep. just have no idea where it's going. The first question I have is, are you really budgeting? <laughs> so, um, and, and that's because a lot of people say that they're budgeting, 
But what they're doing is they're setting up a forecast for themselves about how they plan to spend their money, but they don't actually revisit it after they spent the money. So they say, okay, okay, you know, I'm going to spend this much on housing and this much on eating out. And you've got a budget, but it's not actually something that is a living document for you. It's a, an aspirational forecast. Right, a, a, plan you're not yeah, a plan you're not necessarily following. So if you find that you're running out of money at the end of the month and the numbers say that you shouldn't be, then perhaps you need to look at the way you're budgeting. Maybe the way that you're budgeting doesn't work for your brain. Um, we've talked about there's different ways of budgeting on this show. Um, you know, some people really revel in the spreadsheets and really want to track every single transaction and uh, make really, graphs. Yeah, I, like <laughs> me. I really like the graphs. We've discussed this. Huh? I think graphs are very motivating. Um, but maybe you've got, you know, I know a lot of folks that have ADD have a ton of trouble with the fine tooth comb numbers and it's just too overwhelming and then the budget doesn't work for them and they hate it, right? Mm -hmm. um, right. And, and the budget won't help you if you're not using it on a regular basis. Right, and it's, you don't want to start resenting resenting right. having to budget. Right, yeah. exactly. Like the we, we've talked about how if the budget method doesn't work for you, you should find one that does because you don't want to hate the budget because it's not going to improve your life. Right. Um, so, you know, one of the things, if you're having a lot of trouble figuring out where your money is going and you know that you're not going to line by line follow what you're spending, a good thing would be to switch to the envelope system. So the envelope system is where you pull out in cash whatever mm -hmm. your discretionary spending is. And I'm not saying your fund money. I'm actually saying everything that you have a choice in what you spend. So groceries are a great example. Like it's really easy to overspend on groceries um, mm -hmm. and get, you know, not that much better of quality, especially if you go to the grocery store every day as opposed to once a week. If you're not doing meal planning, um, if you go to the grocery store hungry. I know I'm very susceptible to this oh, yeah. problem. I live a block away from the grocery store, so sometimes I plan my dinner about five minutes before I go. And you've, then, got, you've got to. <laughs> yeah, and then I walk out with a $11 dinner, which, you know, if I had planned ahead, I probably would have spent $2 on that dinner mm -hmm. um, just by buying my groceries ahead of time. So the envelope system is literally pulling out that cash, figuring out what you can afford to spend, not touching, not touching your accounts, not touching your credit cards, and actually spending the cash out of the envelopes. So you've got a grocery envelope. You've got a uh, you know bar budget envelope, if that's something mm. for you. You've got a maybe a fitness budget. Um, you've got a gas budget. That's a really big one. And if you run out of cash in that envelope before the end of the month or the week, whatever interval you've decided is appropriate for you, then you have to take money out of another envelope. <laughs> you know, you, you don't get to go back to the ATM and fill up that envelope with more money. And this is, I think, a really good way to check in with yourself because I think a lot of times when folks say, I just have no room in the budget, I can't make it work, but I know I make good money, it means that they're kind of lying to themselves, right? Like, shame is not productive, but you got to be honest with yourself right. about, about what you're actually spending money on if this really doesn't work for you. <laughs> You, you can't do the cash envelope method. You can't do the spending fast. Then this is the backwards looking. I really like forwards looking budgeting because I think it's very helpful to plan ahead for your future and be proactive about it when uh -huh. you're calm. If that really doesn't work for you, here's the last option to figure out where the heck is my money going. Get out your bank statements, all your credit card statements, everywhere mm -hmm. you spend money at the end of the month. Do the end of the week if you spend a lot frequently, if you've got a lot of really small purchases. And I want you to highlight every transaction. 
and I, you know, pick up three color highlighters. You've got, don't go buy them. <laughs> <laughs> Steal don't, them. Yeah, don't spend another $3 <laughs> at Target on fancy highlighters. Um, use whatever pens you've got. But uh, underlined with a pencil. Everything that you <laughs> consider a non-necessity, which for most people is going to be dining out. Um, mm-hmm. There are rare cases. So if you really, you know, you don't have a kitchen at home for whatever reason because you're traveling a lot for work or... Uh, you've got a health condition where it's just really not going to make sense for you, then maybe dining out is an essential. But generally, dining out is non-essential. And that that and vacations are the two biggest things people waste money on. Electronics being the third. These are the, these are the discretionary things that add up over the long term. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I had a, I had a client who, uh, you know, not making great money, who's making minimum wage, and she had spent like two hundred dollars the previous month at Dollar Tree. She had no idea, you know. She added. They were all right, and I imagine that would feel like it was adding up very slowly. Right, exactly. <laughs> but you know, the kids would go after work and or after school, and they would pick up, you know, a couple candy items, and you know, they'd run out for school supplies or cleaning products, and it was two hundred dollars at the end of the month, and they couldn't even tell you what category it was in, right? You know, right, right. Dollar Tree sells everything. <laughs> um, everything and, that's a dollar, yeah. So, and I want you to highlight red if it's something non-essential. And remember, you've sat down and defined these terms for yourself. I'm asking you to define them for yourself. You know what's essential and non-essential. I want you to highlight orange for something that you felt was kind of regrettable. Yeah. You were like, you you bought it and you looked back and you went, oh, actually that wasn't, I didn't feel great about that purchase. And green for something that's essential. Th- that right, something you 100% needed need. to you maintain need. your, your existence. Yes, yeah. you're something that you need to sustain yourself to live. And when you look back at that, I want you to add up each of the color categories for yourself. You will very quickly identify what those big when areas are for yourself. Hmm. Um, and maybe the fact is that it's housing or transportation because those things really add up childcare as well. Um, you know, maybe you feel like the budget's really tight because it is. Maybe you've got kids under six and you are spending 50% of your income on childcare. You're not going to have a lot of wiggle room. And that's okay. It's a temporary situation right right kids grow up yeah they grow up they go to school they get a little less expensive (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and then they need braces but that you know that's a different story (laughs) i hope that i hope that kind of answers the question because i the real answer is that it really depends on the person there's no universal hidden gem but look at the really big expenses that are big for everyone look at your debt repayment and then have a conversation with yourself about where exactly you know you know inside yourself what it is that you're spending too much money on right and it seems like those one one at least one of those three techniques will be a good way to help identify those and, spending high yeah. spending areas and take a step back if you need to just take a step back from spending money you i promise you will manage to get through a week spending nothing on non-essential goods uh i you can just buy food housing shelter no clothing for a week and you'll be okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you'll, you'll make it. I promise. Um, well, I hope that answered your question. And yeah, that, good question. That's a really good dovetail into our next question. Which is... Sarah asks, how do you recognize emotional spending and how can you help curb it? That's a good question. Oh, this is such a good question. Um, I always cover emotional spending in the beginning of my Get Your Money Together boot camp because... It's really, really important. Um, the first thing I want to say is that we all spend money emotionally. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's no one. I'm an emotional robot and I still spend money emotionally. Um, you won't be able to escape it. 
I think one of the first ways that you can recognize it is look at that feeling inside of you when you are spending money. Um, there's kind of some common phrases that I like to note that usually denote emotional spending. And okay. I actually have like a little printout that I keep in my wallet that has the list of emotional spending uh kind of phrases and i use that to check in with myself oh, cool. okay so what are some examples uh here are some examples i'll feel better if i buy it mm-hmm. <laughs> i can't help it i deserve it treat yourself <laughs> everyone else has one i just couldn't say no i'll feel more secure mm. the thing to understand is that you know we've talked about how values are the basis of the budget emotions are not the same as values Fear, impatience, lust, pain, grief, joy, competition. These are all things that are emotions. Right. And all things I could definitely see you leading into making a spending decision you wouldn't otherwise. Everyone does grief spending almost always, right? Mm -hmm. um, if you've suffered a huge loss, you will almost definitely have some sort of grief spending. Um, you know, I was, I was recently at a conference and I was talking with a woman there who had um you know had a cancer diagnosis and we were talking about how kind of everyone has a this is my year expense when they get diagnosed with cancer right mm -hmm. they they have something that they wouldn't necessarily have done um you know a family member of mine got diagnosed with prostate cancer has a very good prognosis but uh really did it up for the solar eclipse ran in an rv went down okay, okay. and it was and it was also his birthday and on the day of the solar eclipse and, oh wow you That's... know and so they they really did it up as this trip of sort of like this is an emotional reaction to cancer but it could also be based in values mm -hmm. this person at the conference her example was that she bought a really really nice couch like an outrageously priced couch she never would have splurged on otherwise because she was like i'm going through chemo i'm going to be spending a lot of time on the couch like yeah. i'm i'm gonna upgrade for this it's okay to make emotional spending habits um but one of the things that you can do is find a way to reduce those emotional spending by giving yourself waiting periods so I'm a huge fan of waiting periods for large purchases. Um, if you find yourself as someone who kind of does big, big purchases, whatever that means to you. For me, a big purchase is something over about $20, right? Uh -huh. That's the point at which like, oh, that really does affect the budget quite a lot. I give over $20, unless it's groceries, I give myself a waiting period of 24 hours. Right, to think about whether or not it's something you really want, whether you can really fit it in your budget. Yep. So if you find that you're spending money on cigarettes and you're not excited about it, <laughs> right, you're, and you want to kick the habit maybe for other reasons, um, finding a way to get what to, to serve that value, you know, community, connection, friendship, even just time out to yourself in a way that doesn't involve, you know, only basing it off that emotion, that pain of withdrawal, you might find that you can find a healthy substitute. So I think healthy substitutes are a big one with mm -hmm. emotional spending. Taking a step back and physical reminders are really good. So I'm a huge fan of the wallet size card that says stop. <laughs> are you angry right now? <laughs> are you sad right now? Do you really want to spend this? I used to have a sticker on my debit card that just said do you really want this? That's a good a idea. Little bubble. I don't recommend doing that now because it's hard to fit the, uh, it's hard to swipe it in the machine if you put a sticker oh, on yeah, it. With the chips. But you can also put a wrap around it so you have to physically pull it off. Um, hmm. And you know what your triggers are. Everyone does, mm -hmm. right? And if, and if you haven't figured them out yet, just notice every time you have that moment where you feel a little bit of guilt about spending the money, but you also feel something else stronger, 
figure out what that is. Right, right. <laughs> figure out how to counteract that or make it work for you. Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully that answers some of your questions about budgeting and emotions. Yeah. And I'd love to hear if you ended up with any budget wins out of this. Perhaps maybe you planned ahead at the grocery mm-hmm. store. Or even just a consistent change in habits could be interesting. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening this week. That wraps our show for today. Our producer is Will Romy. Our intro music is by Aaron Parecki. And I'm Lillian Kerbake, your personal finance educator and host. Please check out ohmydollar.com slash kickstarter and uh, get yourself some cat-themed money workbook. And thanks for listening. Until next time, remember to manage your money so it doesn't manage you. X-Ray.